literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm J.B. Hager and joining me from the Austin American Statesman, Michael Barnes. Hey guys. It's weird. This is very weird and this is an episode we didn't plan, ever, could not have planned on doing. We didn't know this was coming. It's it's strange that we launched this Austin History podcast and now we're living in one of those moments that will be talked about forever. For a hundred years at least. Isn't that bizarre? It is bizarre. This is the kind of thing you would write about if if you lived another hundred years. (laughs) Because there's so many parts to the story, the the great pandemic of 2020. Yeah. Almost a hundred years from the greatest pandemic in modern time, the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. Which is what we're going to talk about. And maybe this will settle people's fears a little bit because this is not as bad as it was then. So so you go back to 1918 and the population of Austin, wait for it. 34,000. 34,000 people. Yeah. That's, oh my gosh, it's hard to, I kind of would like to see that. Well, you you go out in the streets right now, you'd think we only had 34,000 people. True, I mean, it is a ghost town out there. Yeah, I've noticed it quite a bit just in a couple of days, how much the traffic has diminished. Um, Just to give people a time reference in case you're listening to this years and years from now, (laughs) it is uh, March 18th, where we would normally be... Right in the middle uh, of South by Southwest. Yeah, we, 20, yeah, it would be the Haiti. I, we talked about it on Austin 360 radio yesterday. I go, my favorite day in Austin, Texas, every year is March 17th. It's the perfect storm of South by Southwest, St. Patrick's Day, and March Madness. Exactly. It's the most hustling, bustling day in the city. And, 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 it's and usually dead. you can't move. There's so many people on the sidewalks, and there's so many... Uh, cars that that shouldn't be there mm-hmm. and every place that's a public place has people in it and i think a lot of people who come here during that think that's the way it is all the time right. and they move here and they go what where, where are all the pedestrians <laughs> well, it's starting to feel that way all the right time. now except yeah. for as we sit here right now i mean, looking at the congress bridge which is usually jammed with traffic and and people is is pretty bleak yeah, one car every 10 seconds yeah. or so and no pedestrians. How unusual. Yeah. Okay, so 1918. Yeah. The tail end of World War One, basically. Exactly, right? last months. Yeah, and the Spanish flu hit and it was, the world had never seen anything like this. And has never seen anything like it since. Yeah. Epidemiologists have traced it historically to Fort Riley, Kansas. So it started... In, uh, among the barracks of World War One trainees. And that's where a lot of it got spread, was through the military. And there were a lot of soldiers going back and forth across the sea. And it was first noticed by the public in Spain, which is why it was called the Spanish flu, because they had a relatively free press. They were a neutral country, and so they didn't have the kind of censorship that our mm. government had and the Europe, other European co- governments had. So they were reporting all these incredible deaths, numbers of deaths, especially among young, able people in their 20s and so forth. 
And so it was called the Spanish flu because that's the first place people actually paid attention to it. Uh, and you, you hit on something interesting, too, about that compared to what we're seeing now. Now they're saying if you're over 60, you know, you're at higher risk, yes, right? Yes, you're you at higher risk. And it's it's people with other conditions. where exactly. it's Underlying getting, conditions. Yeah. Yes. Whereas with the Spanish flu in 1918, it was it was killing 20 and 30 year olds. And part of that was um, that, that they were poorly fed. Hmm. Um, you know, they learned that lesson. And so when things like tuberculosis came along and other things later, uh, epidemics, they got the kids out of their homes and into camps and fed them and got them exercise and sunlight, vitamins. Mm -hmm. But uh, they hadn't learned that lesson yet in 1918. They did know about social distancing, mm -hmm. but they didn't enact it right away. So in the winter, of 1918 when it started, there was nothing about it in the press. And I've gone through the newspaper archives in, in, in Austin, not even a mention of it. And wow. they had to know. Mm -hmm. But then, and by the summer, they were making fun of it. It's, it's a spree fluenza, you know, whatever. Mm. But then in September and October of 1918, it hit with a vengeance. On September 27th, there was one case at Camp Mabry. Less than a week later, they had 900 cases. But no one had told them about social distancing until then. And that's when uh, October 8th is when the city was shut down for almost a month. A month, which we could be staring at. We, we very much could be staring at. And it came back again in 1919 in the winter. So we could be staring at it multiple times. Oh, wow. It recurred. It, no, it recurred. It recurred twice. It was uh, three waves. Okay, now I'm scared. No, <laughs> no, don't be scared. You're doing <laughs> it, all the right things. I, I, and I, I love how in your books, Indelible Austin and, and for Austin Found, uh, your column, mm -hmm. uh, now in the podcast, you, you've dug up some great archival photos that are just unbelievable. And we'll, I'm going to reference a few of them. I mean, it was young men from UT yeah. uh, going off to fight in World War One. Absolutely. The photos are incredible. You can go to statesman.com and, and search for the 1918 pandemic if you'd like to see those. And you know a better way to search for it? Just Google Michael Barnes Spanish flu. And it comes, it, up, it comes like crazy. up first. Right? Yes, it does. I did notice that. It's it, Well, one, it's wild to see Camp Mabry, which if you're new to Austin, is right off the center of Mopac in North Austin. You could throw a rock from your car, which mm -hmm. people sometimes do. Uh, and hit one of these barracks, right. probably, right? There's the oldest building that's still standing there. They had to chop off, you know, the end build, of it to, to build, build Mopac. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, it's still there. And it's wild to see a photo without Mopac, right. <laughs> you know? Or anything. Anything. <laughs> it was just It was just farmland outside of the, the base. Uh, that was interesting in the... Uh, the photos of the young soldiers is, is powerful. And the nurses. The nurses. Are these UT, these women UT students or? I, I think they, they could have been students or faculty or staff. They were identified as UT women. And, yeah, and, I couldn't tell if they were students or not from that. What do you know well, about What that? happened is that there were four military installations, uh, two on campus mm -hmm. for basically training you know soldiers for action. But we also had... Two very large training centers, one at Camp Mabry and one at Penfield that were for uh, mechanical repair schools. 
um, the, the automotive repair school was at Camp Mabry, in other words, fixing Jeeps. Yeah. And then the the airplane uh, repair crew Pinfield Pinfield off of South Congress, which yes. now there's a strip club there, and well, yes, there is. <laughs> and uh, I guess you noticed those things, but um, but they also the women got involved as as nurses. They weren't allowed to enlist back then, and so yes, I think one of the things that kind of saved a lot of the people who were uh, UT soldiers were there already was Red Cross nurses on campus. Mm. And so they got fairly good care. A little bit of numbers to give people perspective. At that time, about 200 Austinites died from the Spanish. More than 200. Yeah. I I can tell you this, that it was less than 1% of Austin's population. So if you looked at us as as 2 million now, 1% of 2 million. Globally, if the Spanish flu, if it was put in today's numbers, would wipe out 200 million. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which is hard to get your brain around. Where were they treating people in at that time, in 1918? How were they treating yeah, them? Yeah. I mean, where were they doing? What, what they were doing mostly in, in just as they did in, in China, with uh, uh, newly built uh, tent hospitals. We were extremely lucky that we had two modern new hospitals built just recently um the seton infirmary on west 26th street in in Mm. west campus which was built in 1902 and the new uh um city hospital which became brackenridge you say the new new modern hospital brackenridge which Mm. is now about to come down to the ground absolutely well it's been outdated three or four times since then one of the things when i did this huge history of brackenridge was just looking at how how quickly hospitals go out of date mm. and they're added on to and that's why when you go into an older hospital you can't find your way anywhere because it's it's like series of add-on you know additions oh, right. to, to the hospital yeah, yeah, yeah. and the old brackenridge you know you could sometimes wander around for hours without finding who you were trying to visit so. that's a good point I never thought about it. i've been there once uh-huh. when a friend of mine had a cycling accident and I rode in the ambulance with him because I was with him. Coincidentally, I contracted the flu from that visit. A wow. really bad flu, like the worst in my life. Wow. Yeah, no, you see, you, you, and a lot of people back then were against hospitals. People are against them today because they thought, saw them as places where you went to die because mm-hmm. you caught something, mm-hmm. sepsis or whatever. The advantages that we have now include we have antibacterial medicine which they didn't have a lot of the people that died and that was um 40 to 50 million uh, worldwide died from secondary infections mm. and we do actually have uh, respirators and not enough of them right you know and they did a pretty good job here once the emergency mindset really sunk in then they took care of business you know it they stopped that uh, shelter in place order less than a month uh, after they, they put it in. They expected it to be 30 days, and it was just under that. So it was under control. The difference now is, when you mentioned that the Spanish flu came in three different waves, we potentially, and hopefully, fingers crossed, can have a vaccine yeah. before it does that, exactly. which they couldn't they then. Couldn't then. And sanitary conditions were much improved over the 19th century. But in 1918, they were still pretty primitive. Did you find in in your research uh, some headlines, some articles of like, here it is, your quarantine, stay home, 
what was that like? And it, it, it probably, I mean, it had to be the newspaper getting that word out. Absolutely How else would they have gotten the word out? The city point? council actually took out an ad. <laughs> really? And, you know, the mayor, A.P. Woolridge, signed it. And it was, it was, you know, there will be no gatherings of any kind. Business, sports, school. And there were all kinds of uh, ways in which it was slowly adopted by some. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, really? Just like today. People right. are still going out to bars, right. you know, two days ago. Right. Crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I went out to eat over the weekend. I'll, I'll admit You to sat that. down in a restaurant I over did. the weekend. Outdoors. Yeah, okay. And, and would you still today? tables. No. No, no I, you're done. And, and especially up, since I have elderly friends and, and relatives, yeah, I have don't to be pa- really careful. You don't want to pass it through, yeah. right? Would you still pick up food today to go? I, I think I would. I feel pretty you know, comfortable with that. I feel comfortable with that, but... But we have a pretty well-stocked pantry, and we're both good cooks. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I never thought I would be. I ordered a, a, a lot of seafood online that's getting delivered today. Well, where's it going to be stored? Do you have a giant freezer? <laughs> I don't have a. I mean, so I, I, I don't. I tried to buy an additional. I don't want to hoard no. or be a, abusive of the situation. No, no. I tried to go buy a small top-loading freezer. Everyone's sold out. Yeah, even on Craigslist, everyone is sold out. So I'm trying to, you know, do a little bit of that. I'm literally like, okay, I guess the uh, next step might be if I can't order a bunch of seafood online, we're pretty picky eaters. Uh, I'm going to get the old rod and reel out and, and go <laughs> go fish for some bass. There and, you go. In uh, Lake Austin. They're clean. <laughs> They're fairly clean. I was out uh, at Central Market South on the panic day on Friday. Mm. And this previous Friday, it's, it's Wednesday today, if you're listening in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, it was morning. The first inkling when the parking lot was full, it's never full, not in the morning. The, there weren't that many uh, um, carts to pick up. And, and it was crowded in the produce department, but it wasn't until I turned the corner and saw the empty bin or almost empty bin for onions and garlic. Hmm. And you're just like, why a run on onions and garlic? And it turns hmm. out everywhere there was a run on. And it's everybody's got uh-huh. in the back of their animal mind a great great grandmother who was a peasant who who f- fed onions and garlic to any time there was something that needed to be chased away and oh. whether it be vampires or the flu oh really and so every uh, every place is out of onions and garlic and then i was in the wine section uh, which <laughs> interestingly to me was empty nobody was there you know there's plenty of stock but i talked to a guy and I, he asked if I was finding uh, everything I needed. And I said, yeah. I said, what about all this going on? You know, and he goes, it's a madhouse. It's the Wild West. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas and Thanksgiving combined. And I said, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but I'm a, a newspaper reporter. And I'm going to have to write down what you said because <laughs> it is so right. right. Can I get your last name? Anyway, <laughs> he was yeah. a good sport about oh, it. Oh, good, good, good. Everybody, all the help at HBN and Central Park have been fantastic. All We're so that. lucky to have Thank- these great family-owned and operated uh, grocery stores. Thank them every chance you get yeah. because they are doing heroic work. Yeah, it's, it's really uh, uh, unbelievable. To subscribe to the Think Texas newsletter. And you can do that by simply texting the word Think Texas to 33777. 
That's 33777. Subscribe to this podcast. Pass it on to your friends. Share the links on social media. Uh, get it wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. We would appreciate that. And we've yet to receive an email yet. I know that we're only five episodes in, but I, maybe you have. I have not. Come on, people. <laughs> M. Barnes at statesman.com or J. Hager, H-A-G-E-R at statesman.com. And a quick wrap-up shout-out to my next-door neighbor that I was checking on today, Gladys. Gladys. She's 94. How's she doing? She's a fan of you. Aw. That's my core demographic. (laughs) (laughs) I sent her her to the link. She's going to start listening to this podcast. And, yeah, she does great. She's a... She's a fitness freak. That's her worry right now. She she goes to uh, work out for senior citizens. Three we should times have her on the show. You would love her. She um, she's got memories that neither of us could possibly imagine. You would love her, and I would love to. Gladys, you listening? We'd love to have you on a future show. <laughs> Come when, on down when everything settles down. Okay, uh, thank you for tuning in to Austin. And stay well. 